0: Welcome to the 312, a sports show by Chicago fans for Chicago fans. Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks, your favorite teams, their dumb opinions, and occasionally some insight. And now here's Matt Peck and Sean Sears.
1: What's up and welcome in to the 312, Chicago's best sports talk by the fans, for the fans. Coming to you live from 1590 WCGO here in Evanston, Illinois on Saturday, November 10th. I'm your host Matt Peck, my co-host Sean Sears to my right. What's up Sean boy?
2: Oh, you know, I'm uh, just happy to be here. Happy hey. to be uh, talking to sports. we got a packed show today, man.
1: Sports went crazy this week. Sports just a little sports, bit. Sports need to settle down. Uh, our producer, Randall Bedker joins us in the booth. What's up, Randall? What's up, always Good to see you, as always. Um, yeah, crazy week. We got a lot to get to. The Blackhawks fire Coach Q. The Bears have a critical division matchup against the Lions tomorrow at mm-hmm. home. Buster Olney exploded Cubs Twitter yesterday with a crazy <laughs> rumor about the uh, about the Cubs trading Chris Bryant. That's putting it mildly. And if all that weren't enough, guess who got traded this morning? Former Bull, Mr. Hollywood as hell himself, Jimmy Butler. Oh, this is my surprise face. Yeah, and <laughs> perhaps even more breaking news than that. The Bulls are starting Ryan Archie diacono tonight in what could be the ugliest basketball game that happens at the NBA this season. Bulls-Cavs, 7 o'clock. Who's watching that other than people like myself who have to watch that game? <laughs> Not me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, just a, a score update for you as we get underway. Blackhawks with the early Saturday matinee game trailing the uh, Flyers in Philly 2 to nothing early third period. And our Wildcats... On the road, taking on number 21, Iowa. That's a 2.30 p.m. kickoff. We'll keep you all updated on that game as that gets underway as well. Just a reminder, you can listen to the 312 live at 1590wcgo.com, as well as the TuneIn app and the Smart Talk app. You can also listen and watch the 312's live video feed from the studio on Facebook uh, at facebook.com slash 1590wcgo. What's up, Facebook? Uh, You can follow WCGO on Twitter at 1590wcgo. We're at 312pod. He's at Sean R. Sears, and I'm at Bulls underscore Peck. All right, so... First thing is first. Coach Q gets the boot earlier this week. Probably, I mean, not probably. Hall of Fame coach for sure. Yeah. Um, arguably the the most winning NHL coach in history. Certainly the most winning uh, active coach in the NFL before or right. in the NHL before getting the, getting the boot earlier this week. Mixed reaction from a lot of Blackhawks fans so far, Sean. What what do you think?
2: Yeah, I think a lot of people were surprised by it. Um, as more details kind of came out. Uh, which weren't really – they were still kind of sparse. I mean, they were still trying to put up the idea that Joe Quinville and Stan Bowman didn't have any friction, which, I mean, right? sure.
1: Clearly there's some there.
2: And I'm a giant Aaron Rodgers fan. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like it's just – it. when it comes down to it, unfortunately – the Blackhawks are at the end of their Dynasty China Championship Windows window closing, here. If not yeah. closed,
1: duh, already. And they've
2: got to develop some young talent, and it just didn't seem like Quinville was necessarily the guy that wanted to do that.
1: Yeah. Well, and speaking of, Randall, I want to get your take on this. You're our, our local hockey uh, nerd. Do you like the decision to go in-house to find his replacement, taking a guy who has been leading those Rockford Ice Hogs for the last couple of seasons? I mean, I don't love the decision of firing Q,
3: but I do like the decision of – bringing up the guy from the ice hog, the coach from the ice hogs. I think that he's worked with a lot of these players that are, they're bringing up now, Right. you know, I mean, outside of DeBrinket, who pretty much came from juniors up, he didn't really have any time in Rockford. You look at Schmaltz, you look at all those guys, he has had the fingers in the pie. So, so to speak with a lot of these players and a lot of their development. So I think that if anyone's going to lead the team to, I wouldn't say prosperity at this point, but something
1: it's going to be him. Yeah. That's I mean, I it's uh, yeah, it is kind of like a bittersweet thing because it, on one hand, you kind of uh, to me my my first reaction was I think this is just one of those moments where yes, it's kind of a front office using a scapegoat of a coach, and m- maybe Coach Q just kind of lost these guys at some point. At some point, when you get coached by the same guy over and over and over season after season, the you know it just it just stops sticking as far as what he's trying to t- to teach his guys and get his guys to do. it's just sort of fading anything that coach was trying to accomplish just kind of slowly fades. The more and more you're listening to one guy yell at you. Right. Uh, You know, I think that like that was a similar situation with Tibbs Mm. after so many years, guys like, if I have to listen to Tibbs, yell at me one more time. I'm going to lose it. Like, I feel like, some of these Blackhawks who have played for Q a long time maybe had some of that kind of effect going on.
2: You got to like think, it's definitely, I, I, I would assume that's part of it too, but you also have to think too, like some of these young guys, it just didn't seem like Quinville was necessarily in the right mindset to where he wanted to put these guys out here and just kind of see what happens. Right. Um, it seemed like he was more so driven to get these wins, which makes sense. That's all he does, you know, for the most part. He just drives wins out of these hockey teams, and that's great, but when you're looking at a situation that the Hawks are in, they need a guy that can come in here and get the best out of this young talent because if that doesn't happen, everything else is, you know, kind of SOL.
1: Right. If, if that doesn't happen, then you need to start looking not at who's on, you know, uh, on the who's coaching this team, but who's running this team. Yeah. Cause I feel a lot of people have for the most part had faith in Stan Bowman being a guy that brought this Blackhawks team back to relevance and has been orchestrating their way through three cups in six years and all that. But guess what? That three cups in six years thing is now a few years old. Yeah. And Season by season, they are getting less and less relevant. And some of the moves that Stan Bowman has made, we were just talking about it before we went on the air earlier today, like that Panarin for Sad trade, thought it was okay at the time, didn't love getting rid of Panarin, didn't work out. Some of the contracts that that he signed, extensions for guys who got an extension and then just did not do anything, you have to start to wonder – He's like, should Stan Bowman be on a hot seat of some kind?
2: I would assume he is. He's got to be by now. What do you think, Randall?
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. But go back to Q for a second. There's something else that I don't think really has been mentioned too much with Quinville. And the fact is, his system is actually quickly becoming antiquated within the NHL. The system that he runs um, and his breakouts have become so antiquated, and the book has been out on him Mm -hmm. since the third cup. Right. You know you can only do so much with talent when you're. Everybody knows what you're coaching them to do. You know you you're coaching them to use the half boards and to break out quick and not use the stretch pass like most teams, like your Vegas Golden Knights and Mm -hmm. your Washington Capitals and your Pittsburgh Penguins have been doing.
1: And uh, I mean, not only that, but and you wonder how much of this is like as you were saying, Randall. Coach Q needing to kind of get with the times, but what, like the Blackhawks power play again this season is just a disaster. Like, how is it that you have some of the most talented offensive weapons in the league and you can't regularly score goals when you're up a man. Like, I don't understand that. And I, I mean, how much of that is the coach not doing the right things when it's, when it's, time to score on power play opportunities.
3: It's a huge part of it. Um, I think that it's also, um, it's about 60-40 coach to players. I think that, you know, you have players of this ilk of your Jonathan Tays, your Patrick Kane, and Brandon Saad, who is more of a power guy, which is what they really want on the power play. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, they, I think that the Blackhawks power play has always suffered from getting too pretty. You know, you're trying sure. to make that perfect pass across the crease to an open man through two sets of feet and a stick. You're right. not going to be able to do that. Sometimes you just have to grind it out behind the net
1: yeah. and hope
3: for something to suck up. Yeah, you know, you look at the Washington Capitals; they have the perfect power play because you have an absolute monster of a shot in Alex Ovechkin coming mm-hmm. from the dot. And all they have to do is feed it from D-man to D-man to Ovechkin on a quick shot, uh, quick pass to Ovechkin, and it's an easy goal. Yeah, the Hawks have just never had that.
1: No, and, and some of the guys that they could rely upon in the past to contribute offensively from the blue line, especially in power play situations, whether it's Seabrook, whether it's you know Duncan Keith, you know they're getting older and they've taken a step back. They're really not uh, as useful. And the rest of that blue line is young. Inexperienced, incapable—you know—pick your adjective. <laughs> it's a mess. Uh, we got to take our first break here on the three-one-two. Uh, just a quick update: three nothing now is the deficit for the Blackhawks against the Flyers. Middle of the third period. We're talking Bears lines on the other side of the break. You're listening to the three-one-two on AM fifty ninety. Stick around. We'll be right back. <laughs>
0: Welcome back to the 312. Follow them on Twitter at 312pod. Now here are your hosts, Matt Peck and Sean Sears.
1: back here on the three, one, two Chicago's best sports talk by the fans for the fans. Coming to you live from AM 590 WCGO, I'm your host, Matt Peck. My co-host, Sean Sears, with me and our producer, Randall Betker. Um, all right, let's move on to hopefully happier things after we had to talk about the sadness of Coach Q, the greatest mustache in Chicago sports history. That's right. Wow. Better
2: than Ditka's. Throwing some shade to Ditka. I'm, call- I'm
1: calling it better stash than Ditka's.
2: I don't know if I'm ready to do that. Does
1: Ditka's there. mustache have its own Twitter account?
2: Okay, was Twitter existing during Ditka's mustache like prime? Irrelevant. I don't think it is. Irrelevant. All right. we'll agree to disagree.
1: <laughs> I also just like it's it's getting harder and harder to still treat Ditka like a god in the city yeah. because the guy's just
2: so weird. Says some really not good Says things.
1: Some questionable things. All right. But uh we don't have time for that. That's the past. We gotta <laughs> talk about the present and the future, aka Bears football at Soldier Tomorrow. Yeah. High of forty degrees. Uh it's gonna be Bears football at Soldier brisk. Tomorrow.
2: Yeah. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I'm I'm excited for this matchup because I think it's it's gonna be nice to see the Bears go up against another NFC North uh, opponent here. I mean, first
1: division game since week one in right. Green Bay,
2: which uh, clearly was a good game for the most part. Um, Let's not talk about it. Yeah, <laughs> we're still not over it, huh? But uh, no, I mean, I think this Lions team—it's really tough to gauge them because Matt Stafford could still do some things with this offense, even without Golden Tate. Uh, yeah. Is it Kenny Galloway? He's Kenny been an interesting Galloway, piece uh, Galladay,
1: Galladay, um, excuse me. Yeah. And uh, you know Marvin uh, Marvin Jones. Yeah, of course. Still has him.
2: Still, still talented. Yeah, who's the running back from the Carry On or something like that? Carry On Johnson. Yeah, out
1: of nowhere, the Lions actually have a legit right. stud running back. They've got a good running game. For the first time in forever.
2: Right, since the Kevin Jones, maybe. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, they've got they've got
1: Theoretic in the passing game. Right, yeah. they've
2: got they've got some pieces where like you could see them maybe putting up some points just because Stafford's gonna get his three hundred yards probably in some way or another. Um, I still feel like I mean, what's the line on this? Isn't it like plus six Bears right now, six and a half or something uh, yeah, like that? Yeah, I
1: think Bears are six and a half point favorites as of right now.
2: I feel like that line's probably a little too high. But that said, I mean, this Bears team. I mean, shellacked the Bills, who aren't a good team, but still showed well, out in a big way. You
1: know who else isn't really a good team? We I mean, were talking about, yeah, they have on Johnson, Matthew Stafford, always a threat to throw the ball on you. Mm. But this Lions team, collectively, is just
2: not very good. There's not a ton of talent. They're 3-5,
1: they're and five, and they look like a team that deserves to be 3-5. and five.
2: Well, like, it's crazy because they had the game against the Patriots, like, yeah. it was week four or something like that, where it yeah. was like, oh, wow, okay, they actually challenged him for a bit. Right. But then since then, it's just kind of been, like, pretty bad football with a couple really good Matt Stafford throws.
1: Right, and uh, guess what? Matt Stafford last week got planted on his butt ten
2: times by by the Vikings.
1: Ten. One more than the number of days Ferris Bueller missed in one (laughs) semester. Ten times. And look, you can argue about who has a better front seven defensively, the Vikings or the Bears. I, I don't think it's a biased thing. Look at the numbers. Look at the metrics. Every, you know, possible statistical category, this Bears defense is top five, if not, you know, top ten, if not top five. Right. Some of them, you know, they're top three. The Vikings defense is good. It's not as good as it was last season. Mm-mm. This Bears defense could be, if it's, you know, operating on all cylinders, just as good, if not better, than the Vikings defense, which destroyed the Lions front line last night, and or guess, last
2: week. And guess who's coming back this week? Khalil Khalil. Return Return of the the Mac once again.
1: Once again.
2: Yeah. So Khalil Mack being back against a line, Steve, or offensive line that just gave up 10 sackaroonies to their quarterback. That's, I mean, I mean, Vic Fangio's got
1: to be licking his lips right now. I, dude,
2: I got to see. Khalil Mack has got to be just chomping at the bit to go up against that left tackle.
1: So, (laughs) I mean,. Say a prayer for whoever's starting at yeah. left tackle for the Lions matter. tomorrow. It don't need to
2: look it up because they're not going to stop Khalil Mack. <laughs> right. No, they won't.
1: And with Khalil back in the fold, resting a couple of weeks with that, you know, the sore ankle, which, right. you know, I was fine with that. You can get a win against the Jets without Khalil Mack. You mm-hmm. can get a win against the Bills without Khalil Mack, and they certainly did that. Now you have this stretch of division games, Lions, Vikings, Lions. Yeah.
2: It's a tough you, run.
1: It's a tough run. And including the fact that it's three games in the span of 12 days. Yeah, and, that's um, right. They've
2: got a, a Monday night game. We as also, well, right? I mean, we got to talk about No, it's so the Thanksgiving. Thursday
1: Thanksgiving mm-hmm. game. I love that the Bears Vikings game to, uh, next week got flexed into primetime. Yeah, Sunday that's night huge. football, it's awesome that they did that because this is a huge game. This mm-hmm. game could determine the division. It should. Uh, we'll absolutely have a big, uh, you know, a big uh, deciding factor in mm-hmm. who's controlling this division down the stretch. So you love that they flex that into Sunday night, but. You're talking about the Bears have a game tomorrow at home against a bad Lions team that they have to win. That's a home game against right. the weakest team in the division. Got to win that. Then you got to play the Vikings in prime time Sunday night, 730. Then Thursday, because it's Thanksgiving, and the first Thanksgiving day game, it's 11 a.m. Yeah. It's not new. It's so they go from
2: Sunday night to, a, to Thursday at 11 a.m. That's a brutal stretch. That's tough. It's getting, uh, Someone was just talking about it recently. I forget who it was. It was some NFL player, was talking about how it is just – it just sucks going from, like, Sunday night or even Sunday afternoon game to going to that Thursday night game. Or yeah. even just, like, going from Sunday to Monday None night. None of the, the players
1: week. are in favor of Thursday night football no. being a thing. Well,
2: and that's why you see so many – terrible games because yeah. like you don't have a day to recover you're instantly no. going in from sunday to monday you're game prepping because you got a game in three days right
1: but like you have essentially like one walkthrough practice and the rest of it is just trying to get your body in good enough right. shape after getting beat up a few it's days. still sore yeah, yeah.
2: so it's going to be a tough stretch i think it'll definitely we're going to know because i think we can confidently say at this point this bears team is good yeah this is a good team um are they a playoff team? Are they a team that's going to really threaten something down in the line here in the next month or so of football? We're going to know here in the next three weeks.
1: We'll find out. We'll find out yeah. in this stretch of three games against their division opponents. And then, of course, another big one looming uh, you know, a month and change from now, home against Green Bay. Yeah, it's a big one. Like Because you look at the remaining games against uh, on their schedule, they have the Rams, which, which is a toughie, and tough you one. assume – you assume it's a loss if if they mm. overachieve and somehow make that a game like wow cool. But you count it as a loss when you're looking at the schedule. No. Giants, that's a win. Should be a win. Niners, that's
2: a win. Like Not good.
1: Wait the the division games will decide the Bears' fate this season. Yeah. And it's, they could it's simple as that. They
2: could either easily boost the Bears' schedule and give them maybe make them a twelve-win team. I still think this team's like a ten-win team. Likely, like that feels like nine to seven nine to ten wins is right. where they should be. Right. But this division, I mean, we've seen the Vikings kind of have games where they look great and then games where they can't do anything. Like that game against the Rams, great game, lost it, but great game. Mm-hmm. That game they had against the Packers where they tied, like what is going on? You yeah. know, like there's so many games in between like that where the Vikings have had. Packers clearly the same situation. Lions look like the worst team in this division. The Bears. Can could easily vault themselves up and get them that padding so when they do lose to the rams they've got a little bit of insurance right i mean clearly we're not we don't want to just go out there and say they're going to lose but i mean the rams look like i mean even against the saints uh the, the best team in football i still think
1: yeah yeah and honestly if it weren't for a couple of possessions where the rams offense for one reason or another fell a little short or whatever right. like that it was 45 35 insane very entertaining well, game and you have to but think like, too
2: like A guy, like, comparing, like, quarterbacks, like, Drew Brees is clearly way more mentally ready than Jared Goff is. Oh, for sure. I can't think of a game where Jared Goff's had that type of, like – I mean, you're you're going up against two teams, like, clearly one's – you're the best team in the NFC. The other one's clearly the second best team in the NFC. Right, Clearly Drew Brees is going to be more prepared for that.
1: Um, All right, so let's talk a little bit uh, more about, like, the game flow tomorrow, Bears-Lions. Not only are they getting Khalil Mack back on the defensive end, but Mm -hmm. Allen Robinson, full participant through practice all week – he has a green light ahead of him as well, yeah, uh, which is nice. He hasn't really, even when he's been in there this season, been like a huge factor. Um, but you know, Trubisky and and Nagy you and know, everybody was talking about how he is just a, another security blanket out there for Mitch. That's a how big I feel. body he can throw to, you know, not named Trey Burton. Yeah. Um. I, I mean, that being said, I still think uh, you know I feel like a broken record, but this is a a bad Lions team. If the Bears control the clock. And just run the football. This should be a pretty easy win. Yeah, the the Lions' run defense is it's been getting gashed all season. It's like twenty
0: six in the league. Gashed. Yeah. Hand
1: hand the rock to Jordan Howe, It's and it's going to be a cold, mm-hmm. windy day at Soldier Field. I don't want Mitch slinging it all over the place, honestly.
2: No, he doesn't need to. And I think it's great that Allen Robinson's coming back because I think his big piece was like third downs, like third and sevens, right. thirds and eights. You the need Bears to convert g- a third and six, right. third and seven. The Bears give themselves in that situation sometimes because they get too cute sometimes on first down with a reverse play or like a triple handoff to Tariq Cohn or right, something yeah. like that. It's great to have Allen Robinson, who you know on a slant or a post or an out or whatever it's going to be, he's going to run it well enough to give Mitch at least a chance. Right, yeah. And he's so good at the congest- uh, contested, congested. Um can- <laughs> contested balls. Maybe he's good at that too. Who knows? Um, but uh, he's great at getting those balls, those 50, 50 balls. I think that's his role for this team. Yeah. And if he can do that, that's great. But yeah, definitely with the weather, with everything coming out here, it's Chicago bears smash mouth football and Jordan Howard is going to be dancing in this end zone. I'm guessing tomorrow.
1: I would love it. I mean, he got, uh, he got two of them last week and you're yeah. like, yes, finally Matt Nagy gave the ball to Jordan Howard in a Goal-to-go situation? Like, Imagine. I I know that it's not part of your fun little bag of tricks, Matt Nagy. Yeah. And I know the Bears fans are trying to get behind this guy with this very creative, you know, new-age NFL offensive scheme. And for the most part, it's been fun to see some of that stuff that Nagy uh, has come up with. But as you said, like, don't get too cute when you don't need to be. Right. So guess what? If your ground game is working and Jordan Howard is tearing it up, keep doing that. Right. There's no reason to go away from a thing that is working, whether you're at your own thirty-yard line or in the red zone. If Jordan Howard is tearing up the Lions' run defense, keep giving him the ball.
2: Exactly. That's and that's you know the situation. Like maybe you could get twenty-five yards on a big roundabout play to maybe Taylor Gabriel whoever, but like you only need six sometimes. <laughs> like. <laughs> There's been multiple times where the Bears have gone for these deep patterns on like a third and eight, and it's like, okay, I get the third and eight's going to be tough to get, yeah. but it's much harder to get 30 yards than it is to get eight. If I'm yeah. using the transitive property here, and, um.
1: <laughs> and the the one constant of Mr. Trubisky, which is that some of his throws are on target and some of them are nowhere close yeah. to on target. Right. When you're t- when you're chucking balls down the field, and you know, who is it? I think. Um, Uh, Our friend Danny Parkins uh, at 670, the score has, you know, he's been chirping about it all season long and uh, the bears already have doubled their total number of drawn defensive pass interference calls from last season Yeah, already this season. And he says, throw the ball downfield. Good things happen. Yes. That there is truth to that where you can draw defensive PI and get yourself like essentially like a 30 or a 40 yard play just by drawing PI. Do you trust your receivers? Do you trust Mitch? Because yes, when you when you throw the ball downfield, usually good things happen. You know what else can happen? Picks. Yeah. Like that. That is the other side of that coin. Yeah. It's not like there is a zero risk involved with hey throw thing throw the ball down the field. Good things will happen. Yeah. We're still working with a young quarterback
2: here. Exactly, and some young receivers too. So yeah, quickly. I know we got a little bit of time before mm-hmm. this. Uh, what are your picks for this game? What do you think the score is?
1: Um, I. I think the Bears pull it out. I, I yeah. don't feel great about that six-and-a-half-point spread, though. I yeah, think it seems like too much. I, I think the Bears make a few mistakes, and it's a close game, but I say Bears win uh,
2: 27-23. I like that. I'm going to go 28-21.
1: Okay. Randall?
0: Um, oh, oh, Don't oh. know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Randall doesn't know. He's a Broncos fan anyway. we got to take our next break here on The Throne, too. When we come back, we're talking Cubs, Buster Olney, and Chris Bryant. Trade rumors. Stick around.
0: Welcome to the 312, a sports show by Chicago fans for Chicago fans. Bulls, Cubs, White Sox, Bears, Blackhawks, your favorite teams, their dumb opinions and occasionally some insight. And now here's Matt Peck and Sean Sears.
1: Welcome back into the 312, coming to you live from AM 1590 WCGO in Evanston on a cold, brisk Saturday afternoon. Uh, Matt Peck, your host. Sean Sears, my co-host, and our producer, Randall Betker, talking Chicago sports with you until that 3 o'clock hour. Quick score update. Blackhawks gave up uh, another goal to Philly. 4-0 is the score as we hit the final minute of the third. Looks like the seventh straight loss for our trouble. Randall is having a moment over here <laughs> in the booth. It's a tough start to the Saturday when the Blackhawks lose the seventh straight and don't even score a single goal. Any um, words, Randall?
3: Um, Not that I can say on the radio.
1: Ah. Yeah, there you go. Play it safe. I we'll like we'll that. just
2: assume you meant number four. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um uh, and the wildcats about to get tip off against the uh that team from iowa mm. which iowa iowa state it's iowa to me it's all one big all right, giant jerk. clump of
2: he says to the li- iowa state alumni i like i uh, like
1: teasing sean about his silly little school iowa state
2: silly little is you wear your kenyan college shirt hey yeah <laughs>
1: Titans, Titans hey, of division three sports, Whatever, Kenyon man. college, We're playing. shout bear. out to the
2: lords and ladies. Yeah. Cause those are our mascots. Well, that's, <laughs> I mean, it, we're the cyclones and our mascots of birds. So I can't say much, <laughs> but I heard, uh, uh, I heard there's some baseball stuff happening. Sean, I was, what, <laughs> what? I feel
1: like, it um, so bad. I feel like that guy from, um, waiting for, uh, waiting for Guffin. Is that what it is or no? Um, what happened? <laughs> yeah. What, what happened? Yeah. Um, wh- no, seriously, <laughs> what? So, you know, it's it's like it's the Bryce Harper watch, right? That's what it's been for the last couple Harper of weeks. Harper bizarre since, yeah. since the World Series and baseball season ended, and now it's hot stove season picking up, and it's Machado and it's Bryce Harper and is either yeah. Chicago team going to make a move for him. We have now heard the Sox are really interested in trying to make a run at Bryce yeah. Harper. Philly's still leading candidate. Sounds like everybody is, as, as much as people want to believe that he's coming to the Cubs. Mm, probably. And then out of nowhere, out of left field, Buster Only's like, hey, I want to make all baseball fa- fans' heads explode today. What? Hmm. I don't know. ESPN. It looked like a third rate sports blog clickbait headline, but it was Buster Only ESPN. Cubs open bad. to trading third baseman Chris Bryant.
2: Sean. Explain to me what the heck happened there. So, so uh, to, to Buster's credit, what he's saying it is technically correct. Um, the Cubs, <laughs> the would, best kind of correct. <laughs> the Cubs would be open to an idea of trading Chris Bryant if the players that were coming back were like. Mike Trout or, like, Juan Soto and Trey Turner from the Nationals. Like, yeah, of course you entertain those trade offers.
1: 1996 Ken Griffey Jr. Right.
2: (laughs) Like, you could, like, throw out, like, of course. If, like, it's a superstar for superstar, that makes some sense, I guess, kind of. But, I mean, like, you look at, like, what the landscape is for Chris Bryant and the Cubs right now. This guy is under team control for three more years. Arbitration eligible. They're going to negotiate his contract for the next three years. It's likely he's not going to sign an extension. But... You talk about what you're getting, and with Chris Bryant for three years essentially just means you have a three year championship window with Chris Bryant. Yeah. The Cubs aren't going to trade him three years prior when they have three years to try and negotiate, right. win a championship, you know, whatever it may be. Like, you're not going to just move this guy, because. And I, that was the context that was lacking in this article. It wasn't so much like Buster only was like, yeah, the Cubs would trade him or whatever. He listed all those things or whatever. It was just the way he put it out there. It's like, yeah, well, the Cubs would be open to trading maybe Chris Bryant or Anthony Rizzo. Okay, yeah, but Theo Epstein also had to come out and say yesterday because of all the shenanigans that, you know, we are not attempting to trade players. We have a great core. We're not trying to subtract. We're trying to add to it. Right. Yeah. So it was just like like anything that makes me have to feel text from my mom reassuring her we didn't <laughs> trade Chris Bryant. Just makes him want to punch a hole in the wall. Like I want to Andy Bernard some crap yeah, right now, man. Like that was an overreaction. Exactly. Like it was just like I'm it hit was the break room. Yeah. anyone <laughs> yeah, want anything? Yeah. No. But yeah, just ridiculous that this even had to be like written about. I know. I, I had Tony and Jackie on the show yesterday. or on my uh, Locked On Cubs. He was kind of saying the same thing. He came from the GM meetings and was actually at. That press conference with Theo as well as the, the press conference that Scott Boris put out there. Right. I say press conference in yeah. it's here because it was in a hotel lobby. But Right. Um, like, no one took what Buster only put out there in the story as that. Like, everyone was kind of like, oh, yeah, the Cubs would be interested in, you know, doing right. anything. They'll listen to any offer. It, it wasn't was, like, yeah, Chris Bryan, we're not even sure if you like this guy.
1: It was just an egregious misuse of context for he- for the sake of headline. Like, yes. It, like, it was clickbait. Like, there is no other way it to was. describe it. ESPN is fighting a war with a million different sports news outlets that mm-hmm. you don't have to pay for, whereas, you know, these days ESPN is trying to do their ESPN Plus thing. and Everyone wants it, that Plus, man. Right? <laughs> but, like, so they have to rival every – sports fans want all of their content instantly, 24-7. Right. So, like, that's why Twitter exists. Some people talk about politics or you know, current events on Twitter. No, Twitter is for sports. It is the greatest use of that thing. But also, guess what? Everybody rivaling each other for content – now, yes, even ESPN is willing to put out something like that, which was—I mean, like it was, honestly, it was irresponsible. Like, right? So well, the they- what what they said was, well, no one—we don't consider anyone untouchable. Right. So technically, in those terms, somebody like, say, hypothetically, yeah. Chris Bryant, you would be open to the idea, the concept of training him. And they're like, well, yeah, nobody's. Whoa. The Cubs are trading. Right. Come on. Do you not expect this giant snowball of reactions? No. Of course, that's exactly what ESPN expected, and
2: that's why they did it. Right. And that's the frustrating thing is, like, I think anyone that's followed the Cubs even remotely for, like, the last five years while Theo Epstein's built this great team— knows that Epstein's always thought like that. He right. always has. They, they go through every uh, like every option meticulously. They go through and rate every option they have via trade, via free, or free agency, what they have in their farm system, their current roster. That's what every MLB team does, and Theo Epstein takes it even a level further. He's never going to say just outright no because you don't know what this other option could be. You right. listen to every option, and then you decide. It just limits yourself, is what Epstein was saying, making decisions and he's not about to limit his team from a potential to be better
1: right um i thought it was funny that anthony rizzo saw that report on twitter and just quoted it with like sources lols, lol and basically like yo i know that baseball season is over so why don't you guys just like chill out and watch the football
2: yeah basically exactly what he said yeah for (laughs) the most part pretty funny
1: good for you anthony rizzo yeah
2: Shout out to Riz, always on always on top of it. I know uh you kind of teased it a little bit before we got into the segment. Uh there was that weird uh video that was released from the White Sox like it was just like Bryce Harper scrolling across one of their like video boards or something yeah, like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was weird. What's up with that? I so I, I I'm just under the impression that I think most teams that have money to spend, which would be the White Sox, they're in a Similar financial situation to the Phillies, are that's yeah. kind of where everyone thinks the Phillies have a chance because right. it sounds like Machado wants to go to the Yankees, right? Yeah, and so that means basically fine, fine let him, yeah, right? That's a my million opinion. teams trying to bid for for uh, Bryce Harper. Now, the White Sox have a ton of money, have an attractive core to an extent, yeah. Um, being a bringing Bryce Harper probably about a year or two too early or whatnot, but I mean, right. if they can give him the money and teams are going to be you know short-ranging players like we saw last year, I mean. That's where people and this is why I think the Cubs are kind of coming across in this situation, because it could just be a random team like the White Sox that see like a team like the Phillies is going to sign Bryce Harper for maybe like two hundred and ten million.
1: Right. It's like, yeah. well,
2: hey, we're fine with going to two hundred and seventy million. What do you think of that? <laughs> and that's why the Cubs are like, well, we're not going to like let our intentions know because the Epstein 100. 100- Hundred percent wants to take the doormen out from under people with Bryce Harper, right, and bring him to Chicago. So yeah. I think what the, I, it's, he lo-
1: he loves pulling that little right, so you know, bait and switch, surprise. It was like Dexter Fowler in the <laughs> spring training of twenty sixteen. Exactly. Everybody was like, "Oh my God, Theo's right. amazing!" Which
2: coincidentally was reported by Buster Oldney that he was going to the Orioles, and then two later, two days later, uh, Dexter Fowler came through center field in the coolest way possible in Mesa I was like, "Yo, yeah, I'm your center fielder." Hey guys, what's <laughs> up? I play with you guys now, and they're just like. <laughs> Okay. Wow. So I mean, it's it's a weird, <laughs> it's a weird situation. I think the Cubs are playing it in a way that I I think will help them, but there is realistic, like it is a fact, the Cubs don't have a ton of financial flexibility right now.
1: No, they really don't. Which no. is why you know I don't know about you. I'm just I I'd like to believe that there's some way that the Cubs bring Bryce Harper to, to be on this team. I
2: just don't see it happening because of the money. It's going to be tough, and you, like not so much about the money that's going to get paid this year because every team's going over the luxury tax. That's that's worth something, right? The yeah. Cubs are going to do it in just arbitration numbers alone this year. They're going to be over the luxury tax, and they will be for probably two three seasons. Yeah. So the reality of the situation is that it. Do the Cubs think they can afford to sign Bryce Harper, keep this money on the contract, or on, on the actual salary books here, and as well as re-sign or extend Chris Bryant? Yeah. Get Javier Baez a new deal. Likely get Rizzo a new deal. You've got a lot of young players in Schwarber, Almora, Happ, uh, people you have to kind of decide what you're doing with these guys at some right. point. yeah. Yeah. Because at some point they're going to come off their arbitration deals and be worth, or off their deal and be in arbitration and be worth some more money.
1: And uh, so the the other name that I keep hearing a lot, speaking of figuring out who they want to keep and who's going to move on, is is Kyle Schwarber. Yeah, and it's He's like probably
2: their biggest trade piece. I probably would say.
1: their biggest trade piece. Guy probably should be playing for an American League team mm-hmm. as a DH. Did have like, his
2: best season in the field this he, year. He he
1: did market. Uh, you know, uh, significantly improve his uh, his play out there in left field. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're talking about who fits, who stays, who goes, right. like.
2: He's he's clearly a DH playing left field right now.
1: And like they could probably get a solid, you know, a piece or two for Kyle Schwarber. I, I think As young as he is still.
2: I, I think what the plan is might be for the Cubs is I've seen a lot of like Dave Kaplan throughout this trade idea of trading Kyle Schwarber to the to the Royals for Whit Merrifield. Oh and he's kind of an interesting piece. He plays the outfield and the right. infield. He's only yeah. second baseman. That would give you a piece that's a leadoff guy that can steal some bases, as a high-on-base guy in general, plays pretty good defense, and kind of fills the role that you might be losing mm-hmm. And maybe Addison Russell in the terms of middle infielder, but also gives you things this team is lacking. Because right. you look across the board, teams have, the Cubs have a ton of power. They don't have a lot of guys with, who, who hit for average, right. hit for contact, and you can consistently trust in a postseason that they're going to pop a ball like, through.
1: Outside of Ben Zobras, they don't really no have – Anyone. Almora like was that.
2: that guy for like two months last year. Jason Hayward was it for like three weeks. Right. But there's no one in the that's gonna hit forever.
1: Guess what? We love Zob, but dude's getting old.
2: He's 38 years old. Had his best season ever at 37. Yeah. But I mean, at this point, if Ben yeah. Zobrist plays plays more than 100 games next right. year, no, you need something a,
1: terribly happening. You need a those. contingency plan for right. the, the, the what happens with this young club's core when when Zobrist is
2: exactly is so, moving on. That's an interesting idea, but I I, I think. The Cubs, first and foremost, they're going to try and move some money. Tyler Chatwood, they're going to try and move. I've heard heard rumors that Jason Hayward's a guy they've considered shopping. Right. And eating just they, from what I've heard, there's some stuff out there that teams would consider eating half his salary. Hayward's. Which, which I feel like if that were the case, someone would have done it already. What? Yeah, right. The like Giants have been a team that's with always eyeballs been,
1: popping out of my head. Right. right
2: now. The Giants have been a team just because they've got that difficult right field where it could kind of makes sense, but there's nothing tangible out I there. I mean,
1: Hayward had a better season, certainly than some of his previous Cubs uh, moments where you're like, wow, how These much guys we are we pay on the this roster. guy's but, They're on the roster. There's yeah. nothing they're going to do about it. Uh, so, uh, in summary, shame on you, Buster Olney. Chris <laughs> Bryan isn't going anywhere. we got to take our last break here on the 312. When we come back, we're going to touch in on former Bull Jimmy Butler, who's headed to Philly, and also take a look at that Bulls-Cavs dumpster fire we got on deck tonight. <laughs> you're listening to the 312 on AM 59. Stick around.
3: story all about how my life got flipped turned upside down and I'd like to take a minute just sit right there. I'll tell you how I became the prince of a town called
1: Bel-Air. <laughs> What's up everyone? Welcome <laughs> back into the 312. Props to our producer Randall for throwing us a little fresh prints in that transition. Uh because Jimmy Butler well, he's not headed to Bel Air. He's
2: headed to Philly. He's doing that, a reverse Fresh Prince. That reverse Fresh Prince, so hot right now.
1: So hot right now. <laughs> that reverse Fresh Prince. Somebody photoshopped a picture of Jimmy Butler's head in that Fresh Prince Will Smith outfit from yeah. the you know the the show's theme song opening with like the ridiculous '90s like color explosion and the hat leaning out of that taxi cab. <laughs> so good. And Sean, you and I were just talking about it, like there could still very well be a yo home to Bel Air moment for Jimmy. We're hearing that he and the Philadelphia 76ers are confident they can get a deal done for a big extension for Jimmy to keep him with Philly and that core. They want Mm -hmm. him to be the third big piece with Simmons and Embiid. But couldn't you see Jimmy Hollywood as hell? Just say, hey, yeah. You know what? I think I'm gonna go play for the Clippers.
2: A hundred. This summer,
1: like that's totally a thing that is still uh, within 100%. the realm of possibility.
2: Especially like, I mean, at least Philly now is like a, a real city. Like, no offense to anyone that likes Minnesota, but like going from Chicago to Minnesota is basically like the same situation, just like kind of a crappier city. Yeah, and it's also cold. It's a <laughs>
1: less. It's like it's not even a lesser Chicago. It's like what? Is, what does Minneapolis have?
2: I mean, it's like it's like upscale Des Moines, Iowa is what I would call it. That's not a thing. That's. <laughs> I'm if <laughs> if you've been to Minneapolis. Um,
1: <laughs> so, so the corn is fancier is what you're saying. It's actually just frozen.
2: <laughs> oh, it's frozen corn. Yeah.
3: Okay. <laughs> hey, 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 hey. Let's lay off Minneapolis for a second. They do have a bar
1: that has over 200 taps. Uh, well, see, that's impressive.
2: They also have the Mall of America, which I've heard is very overrated.
1: Where Jimmy Butler did his introductory press conference for the super, Minnesota Timberwolves. Super weird. He but and
2: yeah. were all smiles. No, no, sh- I'm not trying to take any shots in Minnesota. But at least like uh, Philadelphia at least is like a, a more of a market. And maybe he might be interested, but... But, yeah, at the same time, like, I could totally see Jimmy Butler playing for the Clippers next year. Right. So,
1: um, so let's uh, let's contextualize this for, for from the perspective of a Bulls fan as much as possible in, sure. like, five minutes. Um, certainly, I think even more so validates the opinion that the Bulls won that Jimmy Butler trade. Or if you don't want to say won the trade, say, are better off. Um, and guess what? The haul that they got in return for Butler this time around, but going out instead of giving up, Minnesota basically swapped – Levine, Chris Dunn, the opportunity to draft Lowry Markkinen for Dario Saric, um, Randall, Clinton, uh, or, or, Robert, Covington, Robert Covington, Covington,
0: thats what it is—and
1: a and a and a 2022 second-round pick. Yeah, so nothing. Eh, the Bulls clearly got the better haul when sending Jimmy Butler away than Minnesota did, and I think we all knew that. Assuming Jimmy didn't stay in Minnesota when that time came. You were gonna get less for him. Yeah, he's another year older. He doesn't have a, f- a full, reasonable compared to his talent level contract. Uh, team control. The the wolves. As soon as he demanded this trade, we're gonna get hosed one way or the other. I think all things considered, they did well to get what they got.
2: Yeah, I mean, like those two pieces. Like I, we were talking about Like Covington's a good piece to put on a a, a wolves team that needed some shooting. Mm-hmm. That that does have a guy that's gonna play more team basketball. Something that it seemed like Jimmy. Was saying he wanted to do, but was also pretty annoyed with the teammates. Yeah. And then you also have Dario Sarge, who is a guy that, that probably needed a change of scenery from Philly, one of those guys that they picked up in the Sam Hinkie era of, you know, trusting the process for seven years and whatnot. Right. And he's a good piece. He wasn't necessarily flourishing, but he gives them some shooting. The flip side now is like, what do the Sixers do for shooting, I guess? But, yeah. you
1: know, and, I mean, uh, still, I, like, I, when I first, the first tweet from Shams that was like, oh, it's Jimmy going to the Sixers. Everybody was thinking Markel Fultz, right? Right, right. You're kind of odd man out. Yeah, he's a former number one pick, but his shot's a mess, and he doesn't really feel it in. And the fans are already heckling him. and like, like you, a tough market. But, you know, so instead they send away uh, Saric and Covington and a, and a second-round pick. Like, I think it's a good trade for both teams. But right. for, I mean, if you're Gar and John Paxson. You got to be pretty sitting
2: happy. Sitting here in yourself. Chicago right
1: now, you got to be looking around to all the haters of the Jimmy trade and saying, guys. Can we finally now admit that right. we knew what we were doing at the time? You can fault that front office for a lot of things over the years. Guess what? Fred just tonight decided to start Ryan Archie Deacono. Who? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that kid who's actually playing pretty pretty well for this beat up Bulls team right. over campaign because he's giving a uh, a a wry smile and a middle finger to his bosses to say, "I know that you want me to validate that campaign trade because yeah. it got hosed and it got hosed deservedly." So. The kid can't play campaign. No. Can't play basketball. No. He's, he's on the bench tonight. Archie's going to start until Chris Dunn gets back. Archie should start. I think it's as simple as that. And even though there are many examples of, wow, the bulls front office kind of screwed the pooch on that one. Uh, and most of its trades. Um, I think they draft fairly well. They've had a couple of poor drafts in this uh, long yeah. tenure, but they draft, they tend to draft well, but you, they have to be happy looking around at what just happened uh, in Philly and Minnesota earlier today and saying, Wow, we, we love what we're seeing from Zach Levine so far this season. We're excited Tony to get Marketing back, who is a first team all rookie. Mm-hmm. The rebuild also, because of enduring a season of tanking, got netted us Wendell Carter Jr., who also looks like a stud. Monster. Yeah. And yeah, the Bulls kind of screwed that up and ended up driving seventh when really <laughs> they should have been in the top three. Yeah. But they got lucky and, you know, Wendell fell into their laps. This whole new rebuild, you can be skeptical about just how high the ceiling is, but. We're, we're loving the offensive dominance of Levine. We can't Mm -hmm. wait to see him share the floor with Mark and we can't wait to see market and share the floor with Wendell. Things are looking up. Uh, You know, you can say that with a a fair amount of, of optimism, things are looking up and Oh my gosh, Jimmy Butler's not our problem anymore. And the haul that the bulls got for him, That I don't know if they could have done any better than that. What the only thing I think they could have done better was keeping their own. Their their own pick, right? That's the thing. That's that's still the big criticism.
2: Yeah, which is still tough. I I I get what they're doing. I'm sure negotiating a Jimmy Butler trade was a disaster, so I could see why they had to incorporate that. But yeah, who knows? Looking at what this roster has, though, I'm definitely like I mean, a core of Carter Jr., uh, Markin, and Levine. I feel a lot better about than I would about a lot of the other teams that maybe don't have their superstar yet mm-hmm. but have like a core of some good players. Like you look at where the Bulls are at, they could be in a lot worse situation. Like think about Orlando, like your best oh play was God. like Aaron Gordon who's just like really good at jumping over cars. Yeah.
1: And uh and and that's it. <laughs> that's about it. I uh, you know, and I still think that the Bulls are one Star level talent away, and I don't know if any of these kids, and Wendell, Levine, are good enough to be the guy, like the mm-hmm. superstar to lead a championship caliber team. I don't, I don't really see it quite yet. I think they're all going to be really good players, but that that great player, I think, is still missing. So I, you know, people call me a you know a, a sour sport or a negative Nancy, whatever, whatever. Like a sour puss. Uh, I think the Bulls should be tanking again this season. I really do. I think so too. And with all these injuries, you know, the the Bulls are three and nine. We got a matchup against the one and ten Cavs yeah. on deck tonight. Tip off seven p.m. Would love for us to find a way to lose that game.
2: Yeah, I think that's. I want unusual. Archie to play
1: well. I want Wendell to play well. I want Levine to play well, and I want the bull to lose.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. You want those tank
1: wins, man? Got it. Got to get the tank wins. Um, so the we have hit the three o'clock hour. That happened really quickly because oh, guess what? So many things happen in the world of sports. Uh, Wildcats are underway against the Iowa Hawkeyes. Early first quarter, still no score in that one. And the final Blackhawks do drop to the Flyers 4-0 in that Saturday matinee. Tip off Bulls-Cavs tonight at 7. For our producer, Randall Betker, for my co-host Sean Sears, Matt Peck saying, Thanks so much for listening, Chicago. Have a great weekend. If you're going to Soldier tomorrow, bundle up, wear layers. It's going to be chilly. Winner has arrived. Same time, same place next week. More 312, more Chicago sports. Thanks for listening to AM 1590 WCGO. We're out. Peace. <laughs>